This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 580 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, July 27th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, we are in the throes of trade season. How you doing, man? Uh, my face is a little bit colder today. Is I, that right? Yeah. What happened? I, I had to shave everything on my head and my face because my daughter got lice. So this has no. been a really fun week. I remember one time, I, my brother was very young, Um. I'm, I'm 10 years older than my brother, so my sister got lice, and my mom had to, like, take care of it, so I had to watch my brother, and I think he was, like, seriously, maybe, like, one or two, so I was, you know, a young buck, like, I got this, and I was just, like, zeroed in on him for this whole two out, like, I, I did not do anything else but stare at him to make sure that nothing happened to this baby, because <laughs> obviously, all the way back then, I'm a thousand years old, there was no phones to distract me, and it's like, could you even imagine that now, like doing something, uh, like sitting there and just kind of being still for that amount of time with no electronical distraction? Electronical yeah, electronic, the, electronic? I know, like, I, I don't play a lot of video games now because I'm, you know, uh, I've got, you know, an older kid and I work too many jobs. But uh, when my, when my uh, daughter was born, that's like all I did because I just put her in like a jumpy. Yeah, and, and she's like, just chilling just play, over there. Played Madden nonstop, like, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome." I hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. You're like, "Oh, fatherhood is easy, man." Yeah. All those losers who whine about it, take naps all the time, put the you kid know. in the swing, and madden it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. By the way, I I think that's like a rite of passage. Um, oh, for for having it's a kid, worst. apparently, it seems like a nightmare. I, like I said, I still have vivid memories of it when it happened to my sister and my mom. You know cleaning her hair and everything and, and washing everything in the house and obviously with a baby worried that it, something was going to get messed up with him. So it sucks. I'm sorry you're dealing with that. In addition to the other things that you're dealing with of you know trying to get everything situated, I don't know what to say. Last time I said some stuff I wasn't supposed to say, so I'm just being <laughs> vague at this point. Uh, for for those for those wondering, Paul's referencing. I am moving. Uh, so yes, next, okay. I wasn't it, sure if we're talking about moving or not. Yeah, but yeah, you're moving. I'm, I'm moving. So hopefully happen. we will figure out a time to get together next week. But it may be a little spotty here as I move and get my new internet set up and all that. So nope, just, no just, worries. Just bear with us. 
we got you. We'll hit guest episodes or, or solo dolos for sure. But uh, we got to talk some news, and it's basically a news-filled episode. We got injuries and and moves, and maybe we'll talk about some speculation of what you might see happening this weekend with some potential trades. Let's start with the with the bad one. Listen, man, I don't care if you're a diehard Red Sox fan. If you're not a little bit bummed that Aaron Judge is going to be out for three weeks, you're a clown, man, because this is one of the best players, most exciting players in our game. And and when you step away from the team, dude, right on cue, right on cue, Kyle. What is up, dude? Uh, well, right he, he's on cue. he's trying to remind you that he pitched a gem against the Red Sox. He heard Red Sox. He came up. What, what were you saying? Okay, I thought you were talking about me. I'll be back. Hang on, hang on. You're talking about Judge. I'll I'll come back around when you're talking about me. All right, Kyle, continue mowing the lawn. Um, but yeah, don't be that piece of crap that's like happy that people get in. Like, just never be that guy. Um, and it, this is a bummer. I, you know, we, we talk about being Yankee haters on here or whatever, but this sucks. Uh, Aaron judge going to be out at least three weeks with a fractured, uh, a chip fracture in his wrist. Obviously here's the thing, even though it sucks and I'm bummed out that he's going to be gone. It's hard to like really worry for the Yankees. Cause the, I don't know that they're going to miss much of a beat because the way baseball is, even when you miss an elite lockdown superstar like that, it doesn't guarantee failure. This isn't basketball or, or losing like a quarterback in football. Baseball is just different that way where you can lose your best guy and really cover it. So what, what do you think is up with, uh, with Aaron Judge here going down for three weeks? Obviously, you're not cutting him, but uh, what was your reaction when you saw the news? My reaction was this was bullshit because I just traded for Aaron Judge oh my God. in a three-sport league in which I'm trying to win the baseball portion of the league, and the guy I was trading with is trying to win the overall portion of the league in a really controversial trade. There were some really upset I think people. about this, yeah. Yeah, there were some really upset people in the league. I traded him, uh, Corey Dickerson, and Edwin Diaz for Aaron Judge, and people were, were very upset because they felt I was – I was getting too much in return for a closer uh, in Corey Dickerson. Of course, Edwin Diaz has been Diaz. Corey Dickerson's gone on a huge hot streak, and Aaron Judge breaks his wrist. So, is this it for baseball, or is there another one next year? Oh, this is it. Like this is yeah. This wraps up baseball. So you're not keeping him next year, and I'm going to assume that that guy desperately needed saves. Yeah, yeah. He he pretty much wins the overall with with saves. So he got um, literally the best closer going right now. Exactly. And so like it was it for us it was a win win trade. Some people who don't understand fantasy um, were 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 upset, Uh, but ultimately for me this sucks because. I just, you know, traded away pretty two pretty nice assets in a 14-team league for Aaron Judge because I needed power. <laughs> going to miss about half the rest of the season, yeah. thereabouts, right? Because we're going into the final two months, and it's three it's three weeks right now. But you know, we 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 on this podcast are all about adding a week to timetables just to be safe. So you get mentally prepared for a month, and if Aaron Judge comes back sooner, it's it's a bonus. But right now, I think you should kind of be on the uh, the month train here and start to look for him in late August. Um, let me see if I can find some potential uh, fill-ins here off the wire that might have some of it. Because obviously... Corey Dickerson is, like I just said, has been super hot if... Uh... If he got dropped, I think people were disappointed with what his overall production looked like, and so he may have been dropped in a number of formats. Um, let me get some outfielders here with some... 
let's say 50 and under availability at uh, at my ESPN league here, which is for all ESPN leagues, of course. Um, power focused, you know. We've talked about this guy a bunch. Speaking of injuries, Michael Conforto's coming on a bit, and and I I was down on him coming into the season because of the shoulder, and that was my biggest issue was I didn't want to pay for somebody who I knew was going to miss a month. If he's put, if he's kind of coming out of it and starting to feel better, which his stats are definitely improving since the All Star break, and we get healthy Conforto, that could be a pickup that that you look at. Uh, Eric Thames, I know his playing time has not been the steadiest thing. We'll see if they make any moves to kind of clear that up this weekend as as they're making moves in, in Milwaukee. Avisail Garcia is back from the DL. He went on a home run barrage and then hit the DL. He's come back and hit two more in just six games. So I don't know if the power is real, meaning you can bank on it for the rest of the year, but I might ride hot ride, ride the hot hand with Avisail Garcia. He's starting to show some punch that I really like. Um, and so then one uh, more. Cargo. Car- oh, yeah, Cargo's coming on a bit. Um, and if they're playing in Coors, of course, you want to take a look at him. And then uh, I'll add with Cargo, I'll add uh, Jock Peterson. you got to look at the schedule make sure it's against righties because that's all he plays against. He's a strict platoon. But if they have a rash of righties coming, you could take a look at that. So at least losing Judge Power is the one thing that you can generally find on the wire. It's just, um, it's just lame power. It's it's empty. It's, there's usually some sort of deficiency to it where they bat lower in the lineup, so they don't get uh, runs and RBIs, or they have bad batting average. You know who else is a good one? Cole Calhoun. Oh God, who's got eight homers in the last thirty days. Mm-hmm. I did my and chat. I did said, my chat the other day, and everybody in my chat like kept asking questions about why yeah. he likes Cole Calhoun so much. And yeah. I was just well, like, I, I don't. Paul, Paul, did you point them to the stats <laughs> and Paul. say that Paul likes production of players. Yeah, gross. Yeah, he he has been good as of late, but I just don't care. He's on one, on one, eight homers this month, three hundred average, ten eighty three OPS. Is it going to maintain at that exact pace? No, of course not. But if he gets back to just being solid plus Cole Calhoun, it's fine. And and here's the thing, too. You jump off the ride when it's done. It's not something that you have to commit to for the rest of the year, If he, especially if he turns back into the pumpkin that he was when he was hitting, like, my body weight, which is something no player ever wants to be hitting. And you can always you make think, the mistake. Go do ahead. you think the Angels decide to sell? I know we're going to talk about a lot of trade stuff here in a little bit, but like, can they can they sell pieces right now? And kind of a retool thing, maybe maybe flip yeah. some guys that are a little bit older that, and you get pieces that are a little bit closer. Um, this guy was already traded, but this is the kind of type I'm thinking, like Brandon Drury, uh, and we'll get to the J Hap deal, but like that kind of guy who is a bench guy with talent in the majors or a close. Major leaguer, uh, the other guy, or minor leaguer, I should say, the other guy in that deal, Billy McKinney, up in AAA. So guys like that, or or, or another deal that we're going to talk about, the Evaldi one, Jalen Beeks. You know, you get a guy like that who's already made. You know, you get players that can already can already contribute this year and should be part of next year's team, which obviously they're they're hoping to regroup and come back stronger next year with some health, but. Uh, yeah, I could see moving some pieces. I wouldn't dismantle it, but I would be open to moving some of the uh, vet. I mean, they already moved Martin Maldonado, who obviously a disaster at the dish, but still strong behind the dish. Um, and 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 we'll get into that that move as well. We'll get into all those trades in a moment. We got 
couple other pieces of information on injuries. Uh, Blake Snell went down with a shoulder, shoulder inflammation, but that's not really an injury, right? That's that's the symptom of something, but we don't really know what. That's a little bit of a catch-all that's just a, says, hey, you're going to get a breather. Uh, he's supposed to throw a bullpen on Sunday. How concerned are you about Blake Snell as it relates specifically to the rest of this year? Because he's having an ace season, and he's been instrumental to the success of the teams that Blake Snell was drafted to. So so what is your outlook for the rest of the year, obviously, with the uh, with the bullpen pending on Sunday? I'm a bit concerned the rest of the way just because uh, what happens when the Rays officially kind of give up for the year? and yeah. Will they just shut him down? I mean, this is a huge part of their future, and he has been the best part of their their pitching rotation. So, uh, you know, currently they're eight and a half games out of the second wild card. So, at what point do they say, you know, we're we're, we're not really in this? Uh, and if we have continued issues, they just shut him down for the season. So that that would be my biggest concern. That that's a fair concern, especially if like the bullpen doesn't go well, and they're like, eh, you know, he's just you're just not coming back like we had thought. Um, innings wise, he he'll be fine because he did throw I think like 174 last year. So from that aspect, if it is the fatigue, you know, and the inflammation goes down and everything's fine with this bullpen, and he's back on track, which is what they were saying out of the gate, of course, because teams are optimistic generally. Um, but if that does pan out the way they say. Okay, then business as normal. But if I have Snell right now, I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? Because you you need him. You need him if you're going to have the success that uh, that that your team was probably having with him. So keep a close eye on that one. Uh, this next injury, there's no good news for it because Jesse Winker's having shoulder surgery and his season's over right as he was taking off. Justin, uh, his power was really coming through. And that was the one thing that was really missing. It was this nice, uh, amazing plate skills, more walks than strikeouts, actually. And even last year's when it was 18% strikeouts and 11% walks, that's really good, too. Uh, so, you know, he has amazing plate discipline, quality hit tool. That was always the calling card for Winker. We knew he was going to come up and be a ready-made hitter. Hit 298 in 47 games last year, 299 and 89 so far this year. But like I said, that power-up tick was starting to uh, was starting to hit, and that was going to I think send him to another level if he was going to maintain it. And now we're not going to see him until next year, and it's going to be a shoulder. Which what does a shoulder do? Saps power. So I feel like we're kind of right back to square one with Winker in terms of being kind of a powerless uh, outfield bat, which is which is tough to really get behind, even with a good average. It's almost like a David Peralta sort of thing at that point. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I know this isn't good news for for Winker, but uh, I, I'm I'm okay with it because I had a bet about uh, Winker versus Schlebler, <laughs> Schlebler this You're getting year. Same. So, uh, and Winker has been. Uh, I mean, looking at his Statcast data is something I think I talked about with Jason not too long ago. Um, it, his launch angles up, his exit velocity was up, and this was a guy who really profiled as like a maybe a Melky Cabrera type, where he's not going to have hit for a ton of power, but he, he's going to hit yep. for some average. And That's a good name too. Uh, and so like the, seeing the changes and seeing the power surge was very scary for me in that bet. Um, so I'm I'm worried 
coming off of shoulder surgery, if he'll be able to maintain that exit velocity. Yeah. Uh, that so, but he's going to go cheap. Like people are going to forget that he had this hot streak because the overall well, numbers aren't that scary. Exactly. It's still a 132 ISO, a 431 slug. I don't think that the the hype is going to go that hard, even with a big spring. It'll take it from super cheap to pretty cheap. Like I, I don't see a scenario where Winker gets pushed up the board so crazily that you can't afford him. So if you're still a Winker lover, I think you're going to be able to get him at a, at a fair, fairly good price. Here's the thing, though. We just talked about Conforto. Uh, we were loudly wrong on Matt Carpenter this year, worried about his shoulder. Uh, Conforto has gone – You know, it's been more – right the concern there because we really haven't seen him get into a groove i'm going to feel the same way about winker and he doesn't have the power profile that either of them had so i'm even more you know going to push back but again the cost will be much cheaper than either of those two guys so it'll be at a lower level situation with winker in dynasty would you go out and try to buy him now are, are, are you one of those guys that that swoops it because this is this is a true buy low right this is the worst moment to want Jesse Winker, he just got a devastating injury. He's done for the year. I think I this would. This is yeah. the time where you can go buy, though, in my opinion. I just made a trade in the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational for Aaron Judge. No, you know, <laughs> no. Uh, I traded uh, uh, the day Jonas Espedes was ruled out for the season. I traded yeah. for him and Josh Donaldson uh, for uh, I think it was McCutcheon. Um, uh, as Drupal Cabrera and another piece that I wasn't going to be able to keep anyways yes. for next season. Um, yes. So yeah, I think in dynasty leagues, like this is the time if you're not competing, go look at other people's DLs that are competing, mm-hmm. and kind of see okay, who can I get on a you know a cheap? Because if those two guys come back healthy, I've got a second round talent. And uh, and and the and the price you paid like Mm -hmm. even if you'd paid a a higher price it's i think it's still a smart buy but the fact is you you legitimately bought low so you go in you just say hey i know winker's out and like i said you've heard me say this on the show before i'm not i'm up front i come in like listen i'm trying to buy your your cheap asset yes i'm trying to get a discount but i'm not trying to fleece you what's going to be fair for a guy who's hurt like this right now and then you kind of see what's what yeah, and I mean, it's like I said before, like it's not like the overall numbers look that amazing that you're exactly. gonna have to pay an arm and a leg. So, like, yeah, I mean, if you can go offer an Asdrubal Cabrera or someone like that for you know for for a Jesse Winker, sure, why not? T- take the chance that he comes back. Uh, he's got plenty of time to kind of rest and and rehab and stuff before the start of the season. So, uh, I think I would because. He could be – if he could really maintain some of those gains that he made, Great America Ballpark could be huge. Yes, I agree. And so there, there's a lot of intrigue uh, with I – was, I was really getting excited about this this breakthrough here and thinking, hey, what's up with Winker? You know, he was starting to get picked up in a lot of leagues. Uh, I actually missed, missed him by $2 in one league, and I was bummed on that. So, yeah. Now, now's the time to buy though if you got if you got a chance to uh if you got a chance to buy low all right trade time we've had a lot of them i already uh, alluded to the one with the or oh, there's been two with the yankees they got j-hap and zach Britton, obviously in separate deals um solid moves right i mean you look at uh hap was for drury and mckinney we'll get to them with the dodgers in a moment what they give for Britton? i actually can't remember do you remember uh, I don't think it. 
Oh, was that the Dylan Tate one? For Britain, yeah, they got Dylan Tate. Um, and hold on a sec. I, I've got it all written Dylan down. Dylan Tate, Cody Carroll, and Josh Rogers. There you go. And I remember, was Rogers part of a deal? No. I don't know. Dylan I'm thinking, Tate was originally part of a he, deal from the Rangers. He was the, yeah, the Carlos Beltran deal. Yeah. He's a former top pick, like a number four overall sort of pick. So there's pedigree there. Um, that was not a bad scoop for the Orioles for, for Britain, obviously, who's not having his best season was pretty bad last year, but was getting going kind of right as he left them. There was that tweet in our group chat that I think you or Jason shared about his slider or how about how his sinker was really starting to come alive again, that we hadn't seen that in a while. And so all of a sudden it's looking a little bit more like Zach Britton just in July alone. It's only eight innings, but it was eight, eight clean innings, three hits, seven strike uh, clean, meaning no runs, uh, three hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. So starting to get back on track. However, his fantasy value is, is dashed. If you're in a holds league, sure, because he's a lefty and they can come in, they get easy holds, but anything with saves, it's You're a flat not, cut. Yeah, he's not getting There's saves. No need whatsoever. They love David Robertson, so if anything did happen, I actually think Robertson would probably leapfrog even Batances. I think Robertson's the handcuff there just because they have a lot of confidence in what he can do uh, as a closer. So there there was Britain. Let's talk about Hap. That's a much bigger one um on, on all ends here. He goes from one favorable park to another. At least he doesn't have to face the Yankees anymore. The one thing about Hap, though, has been the home runs, and they've been pretty consistent in his career, and he goes to this park now. Are you changing the assessment, or does the fact that going to this park, which is more home run friendly, but he doesn't have to face the Yankees, is that a cancel-out factor? Where are you with Hap now as a Yankee in the midst of a solid season, but the ERA's been kind of marred w- with a recent cold stretch after such an amazing start that uh, that led to an all-star bid? Yeah, he's been bad recently, and I mean, he's more of like kind of the the J Hap that we're we're a little bit more used to. Hell, even the pre Toronto J Hap is what he's looking more like because mm-hmm. his ERA is is a, on a four year high. It hasn't been this high since. Well, I guess that was the first Toronto run, I should say, not pre Toronto, but the first Toronto run is what he's looking like now. He went to Mil- Boston. No, no. He went to Pittsburgh in that midseason deal, then circled back to Toronto and has been good. Now you have the J-Hab trajectory. But the bottom line is he's been a little bit more of the pedestrian version that we've seen in, in the past. Yeah, I think over his last seven starts, he's like a, a 5.20 ERA. Uh, the strikeouts have been hit or miss recently, but the last three starts, they, they've kind of shown up even in, even in shorter outings. So... I don't know that I love this move other than the fact that he may get a few more wins because that offense behind him yes, is and so bullpen. awesome. Yeah, and the bullpen. Uh, I think that we saw a real flash in the pan early on in the season, and I think it's going to be kind of hit or miss down the stretch. Okay. Um, you know, maybe he's like a you know four two four three ERA pitcher with a strikeout in inning. Um, the home runs are, are really concerning for Hap, and that doesn't get helped moving to Yankee Stadium. Probably nothing actionable, though, because you're not cutting him. You're not moving on, you know, so you just got to kind of ride it out, and it might still just be the 418 ERA. But if he keeps it with around this 118 whip or something in the low 120s and strikeouts, it's not bad. 
And, you know, it's been a per- perfectly solid him. guy. Yes, much better. That's been my biggest concern with Toronto guys all year, namely Stroman, is that their infield defense is trash. Um, all right, so let's talk about Drury and McKinney going over to Toronto. Drury now has been traded a couple times, and I know some people will try to put that as a negative. You can spin it right back as a positive, though, that that two teams have, have wanted him. So I, I don't automatically see it as an issue. Is he gonna is he gonna do something though? Because right now he's been about eleven hundred plate appearances of of just below average, ninety two OPS plus. Is Brandon Drury gonna gonna find something in Toronto and and be more than this average ish bat? Is there more to this game? I don't think there necessarily is, but a guy who's got his kind of bat uh, that can be eligible at a bunch of different positions has value in fantasy. For sure, and, and especially AL only. Yeah, and well, even like 15-team mix, Drew's going to play now. The problem in New York was he had no place to play, especially Nowhere once they brought up Glaber Torres. Uh, and now he well, can play Well, once Andujar and Torres mm-hmm. beasted, it was it was It was over. a done deal, yeah. So, I mean, now he's got a place to play. He can, he can play third until Donaldson gets back. They can move him around the infield and into the outfield. They'll figure out ways to get him playing time. So it's not necessarily a sexy profile, but it's one that has a lot of value in daily moves leagues, especially deeper formats, because he can kind of be a Swiss army knife for your fantasy team. You know, this guy has a day off or, uh, you know, this guy's a late scratch, just throw Brandon Drury in and at least get some production. Yep. That, that all makes sense to me with, with Drury. Uh, McKinney. Fourth like outfielder. Like- yeah, minor league speedster, um, like really – or no, 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 he's not. No, he's not. No, why, no. Did I, why did I think he, he was a speedster? He, he was a Cubs prospect yeah. uh, that came over in the Oakland, Chapman deal? Yes, but he was Oakland, yes. then Cubs, now New York. Like he's – you're talking about a guy moving around. If you do have hang-ups on guys getting traded multiple times, this is the third time he was traded. He was a first-round pick for Oakland back in 2013, Billy McKinney was. He's still only – 23 years old, so he's still young. He was in the Addison Russell, Dan Straley, and cash to the Cubs for uh, the Hamill-Samarja deal. Then he was in the Glaber-Torres, you know, Chapman deal, and now he's in this one. So he's been in some big deals, this one actually being the smallest. You say he's a fourth outfielder type, nothing really. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. he got a full-time per- opportunity. Yeah, he doesn't do anything particularly well, um, and he just – he has – you know, you look at some of his his prospect report uh, grades up at the top of his player page on Fangraphs. It's all like forty, forty five, fifty. Like there's there's no real standout tool that would make him interesting for fantasy, even if he got an everyday role. So agreed. Uh, it's he had some prospect pedigree at one point, but I think for the most part that kind of sheen is gone, and. Um, they're going to have other bats coming up and stuff in in the Toronto organization. So, not yeah, I don't see much for Billy McKinney either. I don't know why I thought he was a speedster in my mind. Is there somebody else with a similar name? I thought he was like a true burner, but he's yeah. absolutely well, not. He's Billy po- Hamilton? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not that dumb. I'm kind of dumb, but like, I, would, I don't think I would mix those two up. But he's not a speedster, so no. scratch that from the record. I actually prefer what uh, uh, the... Uh, Blue Jays got for Song Wong Oh more in terms uh, of Forest Wall, former... Forest Wall and uh, Spanberger, um, who is just he he's he's like a seventy grade power 
first baseman. Oh, nice. Um, so and he's he he's old and older and playing in kind of in in lower levels, uh, but he's a guy that could move up quick. Forrest Wall is a former top prospect. Those guys who play Dynasty probably remember him because at one point I think people considered him a he top. He was a top one hundred guy or a top, even a top twenty five guy. I think at one point, um, but he's moved off a of second base and into the outfield. But um, I, I still have some hope for for him and and Spanberger is uh, a really interesting bat that people don't know a lot about. Um, so uh, I I think the Blue Jays did really well getting some pieces for now and then some pieces for later. And that's um, Chris, Chad Spanberger, mm-hmm. not Corey Spangenberg. Yeah, I at first I was like, how did Spangenberg get on the Rockies? Right, because I heard somebody call him Spangenberg, and I was like, oh, what? No, 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 no. It's Chad Spanberger, and uh, to your point, 649 minor league plate appearances so far, 41 yaks with a 594 slug, but old for the levels he's been in. So the power is there, and it's in the, it's in the scouting profile. But take the numbers, at, you know, in stride here, and don't go too wild over thinking that this is who he is. Uh, all right, let's move on to another uh, veteran lefty being moved. Cole Hamels going out to Chicago for uh, Raleigh Fingers' kid named Raleigh Lacey. That's how Nick. Um, <laughs> relationships work, right? If you have the same first name, exactly. you're related. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I thought so because somebody was trying to tell me that he's not his kid, and I was like, they have the same first name. See, this That's is why you're the dad. best in the business, right? You know, thank you. See thank the, you see these connections. I see these things. So yeah, Raleigh Lacey uh, is is the prospect, and then Eddie Butler. Speaking of an old time, mm-hmm. uh, a one time former, time, former yeah. prospect for the Rockies, Eddie Butler going going over to the uh, to the Rangers here. You know, a big big move here was just trying to get something out of Hamels and getting him off that ugly team. I I still always have kind of hope for Hamels in terms of not not even hope that he's going to like be something that he's not. I have respect for his game, I guess, in that this dude can just go out and eat innings, right? He's got a 472. Nobody's doing backflips over that. And you look at the home run rate; it's it's projecting even a, a worse fit. But I would not even be surprised if he goes out there, puts up a bunch of six innings with two to four earned runs, which vacillates obviously from a good ERA to a bad. But if you add it all up and there's more sixes and twos than there are, you know, the the four, three, four earned run ones, all of a sudden you got a guy who's back in the low fours, high threes. That's kind of what I see uh, as, as a potential here. We'll see if he can bring the homers down, getting back in the NL and getting out of globe life. But uh, other than that, I don't see too much that's really changed. I don't see like a great change for Cole Hamels' value other than the same thing we said about half, which is where his win productivity gets the uh, win potential goes up. Yeah, we talked about Hamels uh, about a little over a month ago, and he was <laughs> his surface numbers looked really, really good. Yeah. You know, through uh, July 19th, he had a 341 ERA. Uh, with almost a strikeout at inning, um, and since then he has just absolutely been atrocious. He's hit the skid, including my beloved Tigers putting a whooping on him. Yeah, last five starts he has a ten point two three ERA. Um, That's not good. Yeah, he's given up two homers per nine right now. Uh, I think you know maybe a change of scenery is nice. Gets out of Arlington in the summer. 
Um, I don't think that he has much value outside of uh, points leagues, you know, sure. where innings the, and strikeouts mean the most, and you'll get some cheap wins from that Chicago offense. Yeah. Hey, keep an eye on the home run rate, though. If he gets it back down to a manageable 1-1, which is where he's been the last two years, um, I I I. I see a little bit more value at that point for Hamels. I start to see, again, mm-hmm. low fours, high threes. And I wonder if he might start to get the ball on the ground more again, like he, he's done in the past. It's, you know, he hasn't lost that much from 48% to 43% on his ground and, ball rate. He's 48% over these last few starts. His problem is just getting Babip to death. And see, uh, uh, this defense can, can turn that around, mm-hmm. I think. And so, you know, Nothing crazy here. You're not really changing your valuation. If he's on your wire in a 12 team, you might speculate to stream him, but but that he's not more than that right now with Cole Hamels. And if the home run rate continues, then so is the high ERA. So that there needs to be changes, but they are possible. Um, all right, we're not really going to get into Butler and Lacey for Lacey's uh, a for really interesting, protection. super kind of deeper, like um, uh, hella young, right? Uh. I mean, he's no, he's actually a little bit older, so he could move quicker. Oh, okay, um, okay. He's, he's, I thought he's he was twenty-three, almost oh, yeah. twenty-four. Um, That's my fault for associating where he was mm-hmm. with his age, because he's he was in, I think, high A just recently. Yeah, he he was an eleventh round pick, um, and someone was, I think, it was Matt Thompson was explaining to me uh, that like the eleventh round or where a lot of guys that um, people uh, or that teams like value but didn't want to give the or didn't want to uh, put it to the slot money because yes 10 uh, rounds the, there's like something with all the first 10 rounds right yeah exactly so uh he was an 11th round pick by uh, uh by the cubs um he's got an elite ground ball rate i mean we're talking like 66 uh to 51 oh, percent all through his minor league career uh okay. he could play really well in 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 arlington uh, and like I said, like he's a guy that could be up fairly quickly. Probably not this year, but he could threaten for a rotation spot. Uh, you know, maybe next year, considering how bad that rotation is. Okay, that's Raleigh Lacey. Glad you put that in there. I actually didn't know much about him. I thought he was. I seriously, in my head, just thought he was like eighteen, and that's why twenty-two. Good call on Raleigh Lacey. Dynasty leaguers, you might want to might want to take a look. Uh, all right, Nathan Evaldi moves, stays in division, but moves another one like Hap, where. He might go to a tougher park, but he's not facing that offense now because he's going to Boston from Tampa Bay for Jalen Beeks in a straight-up deal. Um, this looks like a win-win. I feel like this is a solid move for both clubs. There's no reason for the Rays to necessarily keep him. They're kind of fringe contending anyway. And by their assessments, I'm sure they're saying, well, Beeks, if we just use him right away, it's probably not going to be that much worse than what we should expect out of Ivaldi anyway. There is definitely a chance with the volatility of a two-month sample that Beeks is actually better. Or with Chirinos coming back anyway, Chirinos can take Ivaldi's spot and they just do another opener and uh, bring back uh, Roberto Hernandez, their former closer, to be an opener. Who knows? But uh, this was a smart move for them, I, I thought. Their their investment in Eovaldi paid off. They get Jalen Beeks, solid lefty, uh, for their rotation. Let's talk about Eovaldi in Boston. Uh, again, I think it's pretty straightforward. Tougher park, generally speaking, but I don't want I don't overrate those things too much. I don't think that's necessarily going to kill him. He doesn't have to face the Red Sox anymore, which I think is a, a bigger win than the park change hurts. What do you think? 
Ivaldi. Uh, big shout out to Jason who called this uh, when we last spoke over the weekend. I think. Um, so uh, I he knows some things about the Rays, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, no, he he he's uh, he's in tune with them for sure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, outside of one really bad start uh, against Minnesota recently, um, right before the uh, All-Star break, he's been fantastic. Yeah, that's doing a lot of damage because Ivaldi only has 10 starts. So when you go two and two-thirds, eight runs, it's going to take a while to work that off. So don't judge him by his bottom line of a 426. He's been a lot better than that more often than not the only other like bad start that he has and i kind of put it in quotes because if you go seven and a third even five runs yes it's bad right because even if you go nine that's a five era so there's no real way to spin it as a positive but three runs were in the eighth he was pitching well and then they got to him late like maybe left in a little bit too long but that's the only other start that he had where he allowed four or more Mm mm-hmm or more than four, I should say. More than four, because he had yeah one against Houston where he allowed four. But we're talking about like those two starts, like at the Yankees at Houston, and like he wasn't crushed. He went long, so I mean, while it hurt you, it didn't hurt you as badly as if he had gone three and a third, <laughs> like and, the Minnesota one. Yeah, exactly. Where he just he just had nothing, got crushed. Um, and it was a little bit dinked and dunked to death uh, in that game. Uh, I remember watching it because I, I have lots of shares of Eovaldi. Uh So, it uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be fine in Boston. He's going to have that offense behind him. Uh, he doesn't have to go up against them, though he hasn't pitched against them this year anyways. Uh, but just because of the way the schedule has fallen... Uh, my only concern would be if Boston gets healthy at some point, maybe they move him into the pen uh, if if they get all their pieces back. Because right now they've got, what, Stephen Wright on the DL, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez on the DL. So maybe he ends up in the pen later on in the season. But I think this is kind of a lateral move in terms of Fanny's value. Gain some more wins. Yep. Maybe his ERA goes up a little. But uh, I'm I'm... I think he's fine. I think he's an underrated commodity in fantasy right now anyways. I agree. That's Nathan Eovaldi at worst, a lateral move at best, uh, maybe a, a boon. You know, get, get, in that, get in that park, and if he doesn't really show any ill effects of it, now he's on a great team that, that, that can help him. Um, all right, a couple smaller moves here that I really only want to talk about to jump off to other things. Joaquin Soria goes to Milwaukee. He's obviously not going to close there uh, with, with Kniebel and Hayter, but it opens up the White Sox situation and they just called up Thiago Vieira, who is an interesting arm. So they, I'm kind of curious to like what the White Sox are going to do. Now they're going to get like four saves the rest of the year anyway, (laughs) but we're at that point where every little save, you know, you turn over every rock to get any save you can. And they're going to have some interesting, uh, you know, they have some potential here. Jace Fry is a lefty who's been, who's been seeing a lot of success. Juan Manaya has closed a bit for them already. Um, Nate Jones is on the DL, so he's not going to get it. Gene Mar Gomez, I think, is with the club, and he's closed before. But Thiago Fiera, like, throws hundreds, uh, like it's, like it's going out of style. I mean, he just, he's a total flamethrower. He's only had literally one inning, uh, last year with the Mariners, so he's, pretty much a full-time minor leaguer that this far thus far in his career but uh down in charlotte you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy the uh the ratios 505 era 156 whip but 11 strikeouts per nine um and 5.3 walks so it's it's wild but it's a flamethrower what do you see happening with the uh, closing situation in uh chicago uh, south side with the white Sox? it's gonna be a committee 
and so you're going to split up the you know 10 remaining saves that the White Sox will get. They had 23 saves as a team through their first 101 games. Okay. So like the third worst in baseball. So like there's not going to be a ton of saves to be had and they're probably going to be split between three guys in, you know, Fry yep. and Manaya and uh Vieira. Uh, and maybe okay. even four guys if we add in Gomez. Yeah. So like you're you're fighting over two saves. Like if, if you're in an AL only, go ahead and add Fry. I think he probably gets the most saves. Jace Fry, J A C E. Uh but in even in 15 team mix, like I'm not even dipping my toes into these waters. Correct. Correct. Okay, so that was the only reason I, I wanted to bring that one up and just kind of mention Vieira who throws hard. We'll see. It would be unlikely that he would just come in magically fix his control issues at the major league level though another small one that only is is used as a jump off to make a bigger point martin maldonado traded from la to houston they need some catcher uh stability back there it probably means that jt romuto is not being moved right because they were the most likely suitor and the other big suitor would be washington and now they're talking about actually making moves as a seller in washington is that so and i by the way, if they do, I think it's going to be like Herrera and Madsen. I don't see a universe where they're moving Harper. I, I just, I Why just you, don't like if see you're going to make moves, make the move because this is not out of the park baseball. Because you're not just like. First off, I don't think they should give up at all. Because I don't think they should either. They're but a if week you're away give up, from just being right back in it. Yeah, it, I don't know. For me, it's. I, I, I don't think they should give up either, but if you're going to give up, sell Murphy, sell uh, s- sell Harper, sell sell just really anything that's not part of the core uh, and, 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 and get ready for, for next year. Like, get as much Geo. back as you can because, yeah, it's... They I mean, could make a lot of moves. I mean, and I know Doolittle just went on the DL, Strasburg back on the DL, so that's, that's two legs cut out from under them but they're if super they were going to make like, this run. There's, That's true. And you've got to think that the Phillies and, and the Braves. Hey, they're both holding on. You know, we, we we talked about in the preseason that they were the nice, exciting young teams that could be this year's Milwaukee, meaning they, they, they stick around they for, for four months or whatever. They have been, but they haven't done Milwaukee's second act, which was to fall off. They're both hanging on, getting stronger. They're probably both going to make moves here in the next week, uh, or I guess it's more of like five days now at this point. So – it's interesting. I again, I don't see Harper getting moved. I understand what you're saying. I just think there's so many repercussions that go with it um, off the field that I I I don't know. I think they're it's hoping it. to uh, re-sign Harper. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah. what they're going to try to do is I think uh, get underneath the salary cap or the sal- the luxury tax luxury tax uh, threshold, so that way they can go back over it again next year. Um, <laughs> So they may sell some kind of pieces to to kind of free up a little bit of money in hopes that they can re-sign Harper to a long-term deal. Yeah, okay. Okay, I, 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 can, uh, I can get behind that. Uh, as far as Real Mutu goes, uh, it, apparently the Marlins want to sign him to a long-term deal. So they've... they've Poor made, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Though, I mean, as a catcher, it's like, well... It's, Either if you don't care about winning, like there's worse places you could be, right? I mean, oh for sure. Living and in like, Miami, ta- uh, they've got no income tax uh, listen, in Florida. 
it's easy for us to crap on those things too. And, you know, he's in the clubhouse every day. He might, Real Muto might see a vision of like, okay, you know, they are starting to retool a little bit. Yes, it's it's not great ownership, but it is, it's a different ownership now. So maybe they'll do something a little bit different. Like I can understand being close to the situation and, and not even like lying to yourself, but, but seeing how it could be a path that you would want to stay in. And then like you're talking about off the field situation, just like I'm 27 living in Miami as like a stud player on well, and, on the team, like and catchers don't get paid quite as often, at least not to my knowledge. Like, like if you get like a, a Buster Posey ish type deal as a catcher, you take it. Like, I, it. Yeah, yeah. like he would not. No, I'm not advocating that he would turn it down. I'm just memeing on on the fact that Miami sucks. But if they want to better sign than him, we thought should. they'd be, right? I mean, they really have because they have been the worst sixty. They're uh, almost. They're 15 games better than the Orioles. They're uh, 13 better than the Royals. Yeah. yeah, they have been better. They've been better than the Padres, who people thought would be a little bit froggy and and maybe not not good or anything, but like be tough to beat regularly because they would start to put some of that young talent out, and they really haven't been challenging. Kind of like Cincinnati's been over the last like month plus. I'm, I'm uh, impressed considering the division they play on play in with the Nationals, the Braves, and the Phillies. They might. They might not finish last. That tells you what yeah, the market is. They're only a game behind the Mets right now. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're right. I will I will uh I will tone down the memeage on them of making fun making fun of them because they've actually been you know why? It's because they have a stud like Derek Dietrich. What a beast. I love that guy. Dusty, if you're uh, listening. I, was, I, I thought you were gonna say they have a stud like Derek Jeter who was gone from a, a, a professional hitter to a professional uh, vomit, owner. Vomit. Moving on. Vomit. <laughs> All right. Two tiny pieces moving, but I think they do have NL and AL only uh, viability each. One one each. Matt Andrews out to Arizona. Uh, assuming if he starts more so. I don't think if he's like in a middle role, it's going to be that worthwhile. I don't know exactly what their plans are with him, uh, with I Matt Andrews. Mid- I think he's a middle reliever there. Okay, I thought maybe he would take Shelby Miller's spot because Shelby Miller's. Actually, you know what? Hello, Paul. That yeah, was got, uh, Clay Buckley. They, yeah, they, back. they've got yep. Cletus, baby. Yeah, they got Cletus. Who pitched Robbie well Ray, off the deal? Godly Corbin and Grinky. So they're set. Yep, you're right. That's that one's actually not really worth talking about. But Brian Goodwin, I've been intrigued with Brian Goodwin for like 40 years now. That's right. He'd been around for 40 years because mm-hmm. um, I first saw him when the Arizona Fall League first started. Back in 1978, uh, is that 40 years ago? Did, yeah. I that? Did I do the math right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way back in the, okay, this joke has really lost steam. <laughs> the point is, I did see him a long time ago. I think it was seriously like 2014 was the first time I saw Brian Goodwin in the fall league. Actually, it might have been 2012 because he went two years in a row, 12 and 13. I saw them both. I don't remember the one where I was like, oh. He's awesome, and he hasn't really been. He's really been kind of a prototypical fourth outfielder, but part of that has been playing time. He just hasn't really gotten an opportunity to to kind of thrive. Do you see anything here from a from a, a, a fully formed uh, Brian Goodwin here? He's 27 years old. I doubt there's a ton of skill development, but will time allow him to bloom in KC? I, I think it will, and he's not a guy that – uh, if you're struggling in the average department that you want to go ahead and add, but he's got pop, he's got some speed, like he could be a a twenty five fifteen guy 
with a full season with of play. Full season. It, you know, it's going to come with a two thirty or two forty average. Like it's not sure, but like I mean, he's a career two fifty. So maybe he can he can. Well, part of that's boosted by forty four plate appearances of a two eighty six though. So you're right. I would plan for something like two forty five, and then take anything you get beyond that as bonus for for Brian Goodwin. We're talking about. But in his last uh, 366 plate appearances last year and this year, 16 homers, nine stolen bases, paces out to 21 and 12, which is what you're what you're saying. So, the speed could be a big thing too. And they they like to run in KC if they let him run a bit. He's got good defense as well, so I think that that's going to solidify that playing time. They've lost all their outfielders at some point this year, and Soler's still on the DL. Um, you know, I know Bonifacio's back, but you can go Goodwin Bonifacio. Gordon, right for for the well, for the three guys, and they have the uh, the the DH available to them too. So there you go. So uh, I kind of like Goodwin. I would actually be looking to to get him in an AL only, especially because obviously that's where he's going to have the most value. Some of you crazies, uh, I'm sure you're in like a 20 team mix mixer somewhere. Um, obviously, super deep leagues like that, but it's primarily an AL only play. He could play himself. He's, he's going to platoon too. So I mean, he's not going to play very much against left handeds. That's worth noting uh, for Brian Goodwin for Casey, though. So I just want to mention him. And then again, scratch Andrees. I thought he might start there. I forgot about Cletus. Nobody's surprised that I forgot about Cletus because I can't stand him. But um, all right, I think that's going to wrap it up. Big news and uh, big news and notes sort of episode here with the trade deadline. We've got the deadline coming up. What is your availability on Tuesday? Um, if I don't have to do my chat that day, I can. Uh... Uh, squeeze in a pod. Let's talk about it over the weekend and see if we can do something maybe right as the deadline ends. I don't know what your afternoon would be like, though, with... I'm pretty much just sleeping. We could literally... Oh, okay. I could just set an alarm, so... Uh, and yeah, get maybe up we, and, uh, maybe you we rearrange your chat and say, if you want to do your chat later in the week or just scratch it for the week, we'll do something like... Because I think it'd be cool to just jump on, like, basically at the deadline... And talk because that's what uh, nine nine a.m. my time is. Uh, what's the actual deadline? It, I think it's at four Eastern. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Then we could, yeah, so we could jump three on my and, time, uh, one do, year time. Uh, yeah, do a, a, a instant reaction podcast. That'd be exactly. Totally down to that. And, you know, we'll see. And it would include like moves from the weekend, too. So hopefully we get some action. We'll kind of we'll kind of determine it based on that, too. If Does there's it not feel a like this action. is a trade deadline unlike ones we've had in the past where we're, we're seeing all these That's moves soon yeah everything's happening a little bit sooner um and i almost wonder if like we're waiting for like an explosion that we're never going to get at the deadline i, I absolutely think that's possible because teams are getting smarter and saying well why why wait until i get them for less time let's get the guy in now even if it costs one extra prospect or or raising the guy from a c plus prospect to a b plus prospect to get three extra weeks so it's been smart but there are still some chips to fall so hopefully they keep they keep moving for us so that we can do that but uh Sounds yeah keep like an ear out the brewers are close to uh, grabbing two twins so um and there's, they've been really trying to get in their middle infield, and David Stern said in early in trade season that they weren't going to go out and make knickknack moves. Obviously, Soria was, but they were trying to make impact. That could be like a Brian Dozier, and a Kyle Eduardo Gibson, Escobar, or a Kyle Gibson and and Dozier, like one of the middle infielders and and a uh, a starter. Do you think it would be and, easier for Gibson to come mow your lawn living in Milwaukee, or will it be more difficult? 
for him to... I think to... Southwest might have direct flights Milwaukee to okay, Austin. Because so... we, we don't want to lose him off of the show. Exactly. And I don't want the grass to get too long. I have a small dog. She can get lost in the grass if it's not <laughs> cared for properly. There are some times in the fall and winter when they, they do like an off cycle. You know, they, they, they will do it uh, two weeks out instead of one week out. And she literally starts to camouflage in. I'm like, where, oh, God, where did Charlotte go? Uh, so, yeah, we can't have that, Kyle. We need John here on a weekly basis. So I think that would be easier. Well, uh, we'll see what Southwest does for him. But I do appreciate that he appeared early, and I will hat tip him for beasting on the Red Sox. That was awesome. Uh, and also, by the way, on Tuesday – wait, or no, Wednesday next week – new SP ranks because I'm waiting until the trade deadline goes because I don't want to rank a bunch of guys and, and then a bunch of different locations. Yeah, a bunch of stuff opens up and I have to redo it. So Tuesday, new ranks. Are Sunday you and Jason going? Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to. I know he's traveling. Uh, okay. So we will we will see. Maybe we could see if he wants to jump on with us. Yes. Let's talk about that in our in our group text. Because I think uh, he we said will he's have... going to be in Colorado this weekend. Special guest episode coming soon. We're yes. going to be working out details on that. Not even going to give any bit on yeah, what no that's No one's going to be able to guess this one either. This is No like, chance. Yeah. No chance. This is a super and surprise one. It's not it's, Ian coming back on. Nope. Even nope, though we great. love Ian. He'll be on soon. Mm-hmm. But it, that's not it. This is a new guest. Awesome. Not going to say anything. Justin, have a great weekend. Don't get lice. I'll talk to you later. Boom. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.